Well, we have clearly moved right on into the Christmas season for 2018. How, how did it get here so quick? Can you help me understand? I feel like it just slipped up on us so quickly. And I add my words to the others who've said, if you were not here, uh, if you were not here last night for the magnificent Christmas concert, even if you were, uh, then you should definitely want to be here tonight at six o'clock and the doors will open at five. It is a magnificent concert of praise and worship and you're going to want to come. The holiday season, <clears throat> along with the church calendar, bring a certain expectation uh, that the pastor or whomever is in the pulpit will be talking about Mary, Joseph, the angels, the shepherds, and wise men, and, and I'm sure we will be doing that as the month progresses. But as I went before the Lord, particularly about this morning, my heart was drawn to the significance of the name of Jesus. I love talking about the name of Jesus. And that's why I actually requested, uh, it was a bit <clears throat> audacious of me to ask Brent to have the, with all everything else that they've had to prepare for this concert. I said, I would love it if the choir could sing Something Special Happens when we mentioned that name. And, and of course, he rallied the troops and got it done this morning. I'm so grateful for, for that. But just remind us of the significance of the name of Jesus. I remember when um, Pastor Des was in the office of senior pastor here. I would tell so many of my friends, all you needed to do if you want to be completely inspired was just ask Des in a casual setting. Those of you who have been around for years know this is true. Just say something. Say, Des, just talk about the name of Jesus. And your next few minutes were full of inspiration and, and encouragement. We know that in separate visits to Mary and Joseph, the angel made it clear to them both. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And in this same spirit of the advent of Christ to this earth, the Apostle Paul in his writing to the Philippians gives us what is considered by many theologians to be the greatest and most moving passage that Paul ever wrote about Jesus. And that's where I'm going this morning to Philippians chapter 2. I'm not going to the Gospels of the traditional um, story of the birth of Christ, I feel drawn to Philippians chapter 2 today. This states a favorite thought of Paul's, which happens to be mine as well. The essence of this underscores the simple statement that Paul actually made to another group, to the Corinthians, when he says this, that although Jesus was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty we could be made rich. How many are glad about it this morning? There's another way you could say it, and that is this. Someone had and then gave up so that you and I could have. Someone had and then gave all that up so that you and I could have. And that is most likely the broadest view of the Advent today. When Paul speaks of this in our text this morning, he says it with a fullness, a brilliance, with a, a sparkle, which is without parallel. So in speaking, to, of Je speaking of Jesus, the Apostle Paul said this to the Philippians. He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God 
and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated or exalted him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is what? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That is the word of the Lord this morning to us. There's at least one thing that each of us have in common this morning. We all have our differences, but there's at least one thing that each of us have in common, and that is this. Each of us possess a name. We may not have the same name, but we each have a name that was given to us by our parents when we were born. Perhaps you were named uh, after some relative, or you were just given a name that your parents happened to like. When our daughter and son-in-law recently had their daughter, they went through that process of determining what they would name the baby. It took them a long time. We were, gonna, we were getting nervous that the baby wouldn't have a name by the time she got here, but they finally did it. Knowing that they were having a girl, they, were, they looked back in the family line to see what female names have been in the family to see if possibly one of those might fit. And so they asked me, so what are, the, what are the female names that come from my side of the family? I said, well, you've got Edna Opal, you've got Edna May, Bonnie Jean, Ada Bell, and Vita Pearl. Which one of those would you like? They quickly said, That's, Dad, we're good, really, we're good. We're, we'll, we'll, come, we'll find something, we're, we're good. So whatever the reason and however you came by your name, it's possible that there isn't necessarily some sort of significance behind the name other than the fact that your mama liked it. That might be it. But in our text this morning, we are told of a name that does have great significance. Songs and hymns have been written of this name throughout the century. And that's because the name of Jesus stands out as the name above all other names. However... Because of the greatness of Jesus, and he is great, amen? amen? He cannot be contained to just one name. In fact, the scriptures give him many names and titles, and I'm going to ask you to allow me to employ the alphabet this morning just to name a few and see if any of it resonates with you. He is Adam, anointed, apostle, author. He's the Amen, the Alpha, and the Ancient of Days. Jesus is the beginning, the begotten, the beloved, branch. He's the bread of life. He's the bridegroom. He's the bright and morning star. He's the bishop of our souls, the brightness of the Father's glory. Is there an amen this morning? Amen. Jesus is captain, consolation, chief cornerstone, counselor, covenant, chosen of God. He's the Christ. He is daysman, deliverer, dayspring, daystar, door, desire of all nations. He's elect, ensign, everlasting father. He is Emmanuel. He's the finisher of the faith, the forerunner, the friend, the first fruits, faithful witness, fountain of life, issuing from the cave of death. Our God is so great, he cannot be contained in one name. He is God, the gift of God. He's governor, guide, glorious Lord. He is help, hope, husband, horn of salvation, hearer, head of the church, heir of all things, high priest, hell's dread, heaven's wonder. He is the holy one. He is the I am. He is inheritance, image of God's person. He's immortal. He's invisible. He's Judah. 
just, the judge. He is Jesus. He's king. He's king of Israel. He's king of kings. He's king of glory. He's king everlasting. He's the life, the light. He is love. He's the lily of the valley. He's the lion. He's the lamb. He's the lawgiver, the living stone, the Lord of glory. He is messenger, Messiah, mediator, master, mighty God, mercy's paradox. He is the Nazarene. He's the offspring of David, Omega, only begotten of God, offering and offerer. He is priest, Passover, potentate, prophet, propitiation, prince of life, prince of peace, and the great physician. He is righteous. He's rabbi. He's ransom. He's rest. He's root of Jesse, root of David, refiner, refuge, resurrection, the rose of Sharon, the ruler, the redeemer, the rock of ages. I gotta take a breath. He is stone, shepherd, son of God, son of man, shield, servant, seed of the woman, surety, sufferer, savior, sinless sacrifice. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's teacher, truth, tabernacle, testator, treasurer, tree of life. He is witness, the word, the way, the wisdom of God, the wonderful. In the words of the Bible, he's the fairest among 10,000. He's the altogether lovely one. But of all the names given to this man, none is as precious, none is as sweet, none as majestic as the name of Jesus. And at the mention of that name, lives have been altered. At the mention of the name of Jesus, fevered brows have been cooled. Those of you who are suffering this morning, whether you're in this house or you're at home watching, the name of Jesus, blinded eyes have been opened. Deaf ears have been unstopped. Hallelujah. Sin shackles have fallen away. At the name, just the mention of the name of Jesus, night has turned to day. Defeat has been swallowed up in the jaws of victory. Hope has has replaced victory. Dead men have come to life. Lost men have been found. Devils have trembled, sinners have broken, saints have shouted, and angels have bowed, all at the name of Jesus. Put your hands together and give him praise this morning. More has been done through the agency and power of that name than all of the names of all other people combined. Truly, we can say this morning, there is just something about that name. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about the name of Jesus. So for just a few moments this morning, I would like to share three thoughts about this name, which I think make it the name above all names. Number one, it is a special name. Say that with me. The name Jesus was very popular in that day and time. It was no different than any other name which could be given to children, in fact, even in our day, in Latin America, the name Jesus is very common. While this is true, this is still the name chosen by the Heavenly Father for His Son to use during the time of His humiliation. Therefore, there must be something very special about that name. So what makes it special? Well, number one, it is a name that was picked by the Father. The name Jesus was not given to our Lord by Mary or Joseph. It was a name handpicked by God. In fact, it was the angel, you know, who said very specifically, gave the instruction, you are not to name him. We will do that. And his name shall be called Jesus. This alone makes it a name that stands out as special. Secondly, it's a name that points back to the Father. The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. 
This incredible name reveals a side of Jesus that many of us fail to grasp because some people only see God as a God of wrath and judgment. And he is a God of wrath and judgment, but he is also purely and wholly love. It was love that sent Christ from heaven to earth. It was love that sent him to the cross. Can I get an amen this morning? God is love, and everything he does is an outgrowth and expression of his love. Therefore, when the Father sent Jesus to come into the world, he was sending a love message to all of humanity, sending it to you and me. It's a message that said this, I've not forgotten you. I've not forsaken you. I love you with a love you can't even comprehend, and I give you my Son who will reveal me to you. In other words, Jesus the Son, by his coming to earth, was pointing back to the love of the Father. It is also a name that paints God's portrait. The name Jesus at once reveals the Son's mission and the Father's heart. Let me just say this morning that God is, God is not in the damning business. He's in the saving business. Who's glad about it? Second Peter 3.9 says, It is his desire that none perish, but that all would come to repentance. In fact, he tells us that hell was not made for what we consider to be the lost. Hell was made for the devil and all of his demons. When the father chose the name Jesus as the one his son would bear during his time of humiliation, he was telling every creature that his goal, that in his that in every creature in the universe, that the one word of his goal was redemption and salvation of mankind. It's what he wanted. It's what he also accomplished through the name of Jesus. Yes, it is a special name. But it's not only a special name. It is a stainless name. Say that with me. Stainless. To every other name on this planet could be attached a list of the good and the evils done by that person. But to the name of Jesus can only be attached praise and honor and glory and worship. The Bible tells us that when his name is heard, it is to be referenced through praise and worship. And this worship is to involve, first of all, humility. That's why we speak so often of the bowing of the knee is a clear sign of humility and reverence. Bowing the knee. According to that which Paul gives us in our Philippians text, Christ is and he will be honored on three vastly different levels. Here's what he says. He'll be honored in heaven, to be worshiped in heaven. Because in heaven, the precious name of Jesus is honored as it is nowhere else. When the name of Jesus is heard in the heavenly realm, it is the catalyst for rejoicing and praise. In heaven, the name of Jesus is a constant source of praise. The book of Revelation makes that abundantly clear to us when it says in Revelation 4, day after day, and night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and who is still to come. It says in Revelation, also Revelation 4, you are, you are worthy, O Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. Revelation 7, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands, they shout with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. So I'm here to declare this morning that Jesus is honored in heaven. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And he is also honored according to our words from Paul this morning. He's honored in the earth. For many of us, for many in the world today, 
The name of Jesus is nothing more than just a byword or a name that they even use casually. And yet there are some of us who truly reverence the name of Jesus. When the sweet melody of this name is heard, most of us immediately, I know in my mind, I know in many of you as well, you go back to the hour when Jesus came in. Jovan referenced it this morning. When Jesus came in and lifted the weight of sin, you can remember the moment. Some of you could literally take us to the place and to the time when actually Jesus came in and lifted you, lifted the weight of sin from off of you. For many of us also, we return to the, when Jesus, the name of Jesus is mentioned, we return to the myriad of times Jesus has appeared in the storms of our lives. Maybe it was in the midnight hour that you cried. Maybe you, you were sick or maybe you didn't know where your children were or all kinds of things and you simply said, Jesus, 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 we need you. I need you right now. And it has spoken peace to those billowing waves that have threatened our peace and sanity. Is that true for anybody in the house today? Say amen. And while there may only be a few today who love and worship that name of Jesus, I want you to know there is coming a day when the name of Jesus will be exalted throughout the whole of this earth. That's what Paul tells us. He will be honored. Every knee shall bow. And that means on, in heaven and on earth. The day will come when all the earth will bow at the incomparable, glorious name of Jesus. Paul reminds us that every knee will bow in heaven, every knee will bow on earth, but he also says every knee will bow under the earth, in hell. While Jesus was here on earth, we have many accounts of this throughout the Gospels. The demons gave him deep respect and reverence, acknowledging who he was and that he was the Son of God. However, they still work against him. They did then and they do now work against him and trying to overthrow his kingdom. They do this by promoting false systems of worship and by spreading liberal theology in all kinds of other ways. But I'm here to tell you, Bethesda, that the day will come when all of the demons of hell, even the henchmen of Satan, even the devil himself will bow at the feet of Jesus and will confess him to be the Lord of all. I don't know if the devil and demons have knees and tongues, but they will prostrate themselves before the Lord of glory and they will exalt his name before they are consigned to a hellish eternity. Honor. He is to receive honor. Not only will there be a bowing of the knees, but the name of Jesus will also be confessed on the lips of every creature. Men and angels and devils alike will join their voices in the mighty chorus, and will together exalt the blessed name of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I look forward to the day when the universe is filled with the deserved praise of our holy and righteous Lord. That's why vocal praise, certainly in the house of God, certainly in your time, in your homes, in your time of devotion, or wherever, vocal praise is so vital and so important. And you may be withholding your praise here in this house this morning for whatever reason. You're, you're, you're bashful or you're, you're quiet or it's not your nature or, or whatever it is. But I'm here to tell you that the word of God to us this morning is reminding us that we better be practicing. We better be warming up because the day is coming when your tongue also will publicly and openly declare the praise of the one whom we call Jesus our Lord. You may say, Pastor Dan, when we come to those moments, I mean, I, I wasn't raised like this to, to give a public expression. Let me just tell you, when it comes to worshiping the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter how you were raised. Forget about it. 
I don't care what church, I don't care what denomination, I don't care what it is. It Put it all to the wayside and put it aside. Well, it doesn't matter how you were raised. What matters today is that you are worshiping a living Savior who lives and rules in the earth today. So some people may say to me, well, when it comes to those moments in the service, Pastor, I just, I just don't know what to say. You know, I, I want to participate. My heart does, but I just don't know what to say. Then let me help you. Let me give you a few hints here. Simply shout, Hallelujah. Simply say, Jesus is Lord. You can say, God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, indeed. Bethesda. Sometimes I get in these settings. I was in one, I think, this week. Where someone will say to me something like this. Pastor, how come sometimes on Sunday mornings... That Sunday morning service can feel a little different than the Sunday night service, which is a little freer, a little, little more open. Or how come, um, how come when I go to such and such a conference, the praise is explosive, but not always in the local church is it, is it that way? It's, if it feels different, why is that? And then or how come sometimes the service can feel heavy? Well, there can be all kinds of reasons why the service might feel heavy. It could be a lot of people have walked in with their, their head downcast and they're, they're, they're uh, uh, bent over with the weight of the world and the weight of the problems. But I want you to know this. Isaiah 61 tells us what to do about that. If the service ever feels heavy, it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We used to sing that, lift up your voice and sing. Praise in the spirit and the understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. I also want to just put a word in here for the value of corporate worship. This is why we worship together. It's why we, co we come together in corporate worship to, to meet the Lord together because we, we feed off of each other. Maybe you walked in discouraged this morning. Maybe you walked in with all kinds of what other stuff uh, that, 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 is, that is weighing on you. But you may be fortunate enough to be sitting next to someone who's sitting on the verge of explosive praise. Hello. You're not hearing me. There are people in this house because I know you. There are people in this house who walk in and they're sitting on the verge of explosive praise. They don't want to be conspicuous. They don't want to be overbearing. They don't want to draw attention to themselves. But there is a song in their heart and they cannot wait to sing it. And I just want to say this. In case you ever think things are feeling tight or tense or, or heavy in the service, here, here's the reality. Let me, let me just lay it out straight for you this morning. Bethesda, it would only take about a dozen of you scattered around this room this morning to set off a fire of praise, the likes of which we've never seen before. Just about a dozen of you is all we need just to, just to fan the flame and, and, and to put a spark in this room. And those dozen people don't care what anyone else thinks. They, they, don't, they are only interested in an audience of one. And they are people whose heart is so full of gratitude to God for his unspeakable gift. They are people who are unashamedly willing to be the first to say, Somebody magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Who is it this morning? Who is it this morning? Who is it this morning? Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of Jesus. God is great and he's greatly to be praised and there's none like him.
We honor you today, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Healer, our Redeemer. We bless you in this house today. Hallelujah. 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 You might just stay handy. I don't know why. See, that, that, that's what I that's what I found. <clears throat> I found that there are people who come in this house. Because I always say this, Bethesda loves to worship Jesus. But I know that there are some of you who are so willing and ready to say, you know what, there's a song in my heart today. I don't want to draw attention to me, but oh my goodness, there's a song in my heart today. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm just so glad he saved me. I'm so glad for this season of hope. So glad because before I had him, I had nothing. But he saw me in the pit that I was in. And he pulled me out and he set me upon a rock. And before these rocks cry out today on these walls, I'm going to lift my voice and praise to him. The name of Jesus is a special name. It's a stainless name. And lastly, it's a saving name. Say that with me. By its very definition, the name of Jesus speaks about salvation. His name means Jehovah is salvation. That's what it means. This is an appropriate name for the Lord because it is in his name and in his name alone that salvation can be found. Church, it is still true that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You want to get to God the Father, you come through the name of Jesus to get to him. I don't care who says, well, there's lots of ways to God. No, there's one way, and his name is Jesus. That's how you, that's how you find salvation. It's through that name and that name alone that you have relationship with God Almighty. It's the ministry of the name. According to the words from Paul, this man named Jesus climbed Calvary and died for all men. He humbled himself. We read it in Philippians. And he died in the sinner's place, a criminal's death on a cross. During the Roman rule of Palestine, tens of thousands of Jewish men were crucified by the Romans. In fact, I discovered that history has it, that they crucified so many on one day that the soldiers actually ran out of wood. But of all these who died on the Roman cross, none are remembered but this man named Jesus. Because all the others lie today forgotten in their graves. But this man named Jesus, when he died, he died in the place of others that we might live through him because on the third day he rose victorious, giving life to everyone who would call on that magnificent, glorious name of Jesus. And if that name is spoken out of a heart of faith, and you know what is still true? The worst sinner can experience firsthand that salvation is contained in that name. If you're here in the house this morning and for whatever reason you have never declared Jesus Christ as Lord over your life, all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I need you in my life today and declare the great name of Jesus. Brent, are you handy anywhere? There he is. <clears throat> 
I told you I was going to be shorter this morning. I'm really working on it. I want you to know he didn't believe me. <laughs> when I sent him a text that I was going to try to get done quicker because I know we have a big night tonight, he sent me, what do you call those things? GIF? G-I-F? Of a person with glasses, the guy was going. <laughs> I thought it was extremely disrespectful. But... <laughs> These verses from Philippians carry the sense that they are speaking to us about a man who's still alive today. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's risen. Whatever men may say, he lives. Folks, we do not hang our futures. We don't base our hopes or exalt the name of one who is dead. Our Savior lives. He's alive. That's why God has exalted his holy name. Jesus and Jesus alone entered this sin-cursed world, stepped boldly into the gaping jaws of death and snatched victory from the icy grasp of death and defeat. Jesus and Jesus alone conquered death, hell, and the grave and sin for all men for all time. That alone ought to give us enough reason to rejoice this morning. Therefore, because he has done that, because what we celebrate right in the Advent and what we call Christmas and the coming of Christ, the incarnation, this is the most glorious time we recognize that he left the splendor of heaven and he came to redeem you and me, that you and I have life and life everlasting. Therefore, he's worthy of exaltation and he's worthy of our highest praise. Yes, there is something about that name. And if you know him, then you know why his name is above every other name. You know why Jesus is exalted and why just the mention of his name can speak peace to the troubled heart. Thank God. Can bring comfort to the hurting. Can give life to the dead. Can give joy to the sad. Can give hope to the hopeless. It's still found in the name of Jesus. And I don't know about you, church. But these verses have reminded me this week that there just ain't nobody like Jesus. Amen. I give praise to his name this morning that he came into this world. He was born without sin. He lived without sin. And yet he died for my sin. That's why I can stand and sing my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part. He didn't say, I'll forgive that and that and that, but I can't forgive that. Not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. That's why my soul sings, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. I thank God that he then rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven for our redemption. And I praise God this morning for his unspeakable gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's with me in that praise this morning? Then stand to your feet because it's time for us to praise the Lord. Come on, I want you to give him your highest praise right now. Bless the name of Jesus. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. Your praise to him out of gratitude for what he has done. Blessed be your name forever, Jesus. We exalt you. 